Welcome to the official podcast of PHP Architect. Join us to listen to the latest news and tech talk from our conferences, the magazine, and wider PHP community. You're listening to the PHP Podcast, episode 23.6.1, the official podcast of PHP Architect, where we bring you the latest insights into the PHP Architect magazine, conferences, and more. I'm your host, John Congdon, and with me is my friend and business partner, Eric Van Johnson. Hello. I oh, can't hear you. Hello? Way to start, the, way to start us off. <laughs> We are professionals. Don't don't question us. <laughs> it's been a while since we've done one of these. About time yeah. we get back to it. Uh, we need to we need to change our starting soon. Uh, uh, buff bumper there to join Tech Twenty Twenty Four. There you go. We we need to do that. Uh, this podcast is made a little bit better by our friends over at JetBrains and PHP Storm. And we'll talk a little bit more about them later. In the meantime, let's talk about tech. Dude, what an experience that was. I, 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 I was like on a high for like weeks after tech. It was still, so still on it. Uh, I'm sure if you listen to this podcast at all, you know we put on the PHP Tech Conference. If you're new, welcome. Eric and I run PHP Architect and... Uh, just last month, put on PHP Tech for the first time since the, the pandemic, and it was a success. Learned a lot. I think so, yeah. Learned a ton. We did learn a ton. And when we, when we continue to learn more, uh, some very interesting things, a lot, a lot to talk about, but some very interesting results from the exit survey that we sent out as far as giving people some input on how tech 2024 should shape up and yeah, the feedback's been interesting. It's good to see. Good to see. It's really helping us a lot. We appreciate it. Yeah, next year. I want to make the survey a little different at, there were a lot of questions we missed a lot of things we should have asked that we, you and I were so focused on location because selfishly we want to bring tech to the West coast because that's where we're located. But is that the best idea for tech? And that's kind of where our exit survey kind of uh, centralized around was location. Right. And it's an interesting place to be. We, we haven't really talked about this, uh, but it, it's interesting because the survey we sent to attendees, which is important. These are the people who are going to tech currently. Mm -hmm. um, so we are very interested to see what they have to say, but, on the flip side of that, I am also interested to see what the general public has to say. Like, who's not attending tech because of the location, or who's not attending tech because of, you know, something about the format. And I would like to get that input as well, but I'm not really sure how to weigh that against the people who actually go to tech, uh, I, which is... Yeah, you know. I, I think we... We create a simple survey, not too, not too many questions, make it quick to answer, and we send it to our mailing list. Yeah, because, that might be a good way to go. Yeah. Because the people that went to tech is a small sample size. So, like you said, they're kind of biased because they're already there. Mm -hmm. uh, so, location probably meant something when they purchased their ticket. 
and we got a lot more people on the mailing list than actually attend. So yeah. got to figure out how to tap into that, uh, those people. But man, was tech great or what? Oh, I think so it was fun. so much better than I, I, I run through every scenario in my head about it being a complete flop or, you know, a million things going wrong. And, and don't get me wrong. We had, we had some things that we needed to address. Uh, but in general, as a whole, Oh man, so much fun. It was so good to see the people show up, uh, faces that I had not seen in so long. Uh, it was great. It was new just a, it was great. Yeah. New faces, a lot of new yeah. faces. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, if and you didn't make it out to Chicago this year, um, look for information on 2024 call for papers. Uh, we'll be opening in, I don't know, a few months, probably. Uh, John and I are already in the process of figuring that out. What do we, I think last year we did it October, like October, November timeframe. Yeah. And we kept, we kept it open for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We try, try that again. So yeah, we have a, an entire list of things we need to address for next year. Like we said, while it was great, plenty of things learned, especially around streaming. We, we, we had a streaming was very exciting. But if you didn't attend tech and you want to watch the videos, we are currently editing all of them and putting them up. You could still buy a virtual pass by going to phptech.tv. Buy a virtual pass. As soon as we get all the videos edited, they will be available there. I guess we need to work on the site too. We talked a lot about it on PHP Ugly. I don't think we've talked about it on this podcast but the, the virtual streaming was very a very last-minute decision. And the fact that uh, we were able to bring that together and we found a, found a service. John, John and I really were kind of trying a lot of different solutions. And uh, like in the 11th hour, John found a service that just kind of met a lot of our requirements. And we put everything together. And I mean, at Tech, John was coding in production changes to to the streaming site it was just like it, it was very last minute but it went really well we had some hiccups with a couple of keynotes i think all the keynotes actually had a hiccup all, all the keynotes but in general um i think it went really well uh you got you got to see all the rooms all the talks um and you didn't have to sweat it out in any of the rooms which apparently was a problem in one of the rooms we we uh, were comb- combating the entire conference as well, which was fun. <laughs> Not fun at all. Oh, all right. Enough about tech. We talk about tech a lot, especially on PC. It was so much fun. It was. You need to be there next year. If you if you if you weren't there, even if you were, come back next year. Let's talk about our sponsor. Let's talk about Storm. Uh, in case you don't know, JetBrains, creators of PHP Storm, uh, has kindly sponsored the magazine and the podcast and we are so happy to have them on board because we've been using php storm for years and we've always talked about if you are a professional uh, php developer php storm is the the ide you should be using it's not free but it is always on the cutting edge of php they are a strong supporter of the php language and internals and it's just a fantastic IDE. So PHP Storm is a cutting edge IDE tailored for PHP and web developers. 
If you haven't used it before or it's been a while since you've last tried it, now's the perfect time to check it out again because it has received significant performance enhancements and an expanded feature set. Curious to see if it's the right fit for you? Head over to www.jetbrains.com slash phpstorm to learn more and try it out with a 30-day free trial. Code smarter, not harder. And yeah. it's, it's true. They they were at PHP Tech, and if you were lucky enough to get there early and participate in their little challenge, you got a JetBrains PHP Storm elephant. With a uh, mohawk. Yeah, and it looked really cool. With that said, I still did the challenge even though I didn't get an elephant for it. And I, I continue to learn new things in PHP Storm where if you know how to use it and know some of the keyboard shortcuts, oh my gosh, you can code so much faster. Uh, and this, this is without any plugins or extensions or anything. Right. Like this is just by, out of the box stuff. By default. I struggle because I use the Vim plugin all the time. So my, my, I maneuver around with that, but they showed me a couple of quick shortcuts. Like when you're changing a, a function, uh, with the proper key combination, I can't remember off the top of my head now. It's one of those things you have to use these things more often to really get them down. But, uh, usually you type in a function and it puts the parentheses before your variables. It doesn't replace the function that was there. You know, kind of just autofills that out. But if you do like control enter or one of those, it replaces the function and keeps the parameter where it was. That was huge for me. Uh, They, they showed a couple others that I do use. Like once you implement an interface, you can uh, option enter or another keyboard shortcut to uh, automatically fill in all the methods that you need to create. Sub it out. Yeah. 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 Super helpful. I use that. Yeah. But yeah, they, they called it code golf. I think it was, they gave you two screens. One, you had to, you had to make your code look like the screen on the right in as few keystrokes as possible. And mm-hmm. because I kept hitting J's and K's and H's and L's, it was like, <laughs> yeah, you lose. <laughs> it was like, oh, wait, that's not right. Backspace. Oh, now there's more keystrokes. I, I was going for the the highest score, not the lowest score. And I, I realized I screwed that up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly, PHP Storm is one of those tools that, as John mentioned earlier, if you get paid to code, worth the investment. Don't don't even think twice about it. But uh, everybody I talked to with PHP who use PHP Storm full time, and there's a lot of them out there. I mean, we're talking like developers with years and years of experience using PHP Storm. Everybody like uses maybe like five percent of that functionality, and it's it's never like the same five percent. Like everybody finds these little niches in PHP uh-huh. Storm that they like and they use all the time, and and yeah, there's just so much, so much in there. So yeah, jump in there, kind of get feel around, see what works for you. Uh, I'm very much like John. I'm I depend very heavily on the Vim plugin and a lot of uh, the I, I've mapped a lot of the functions of PHP Storm to uh, Vim bindings, which I keep promising uh, our PHP ugly audience that I will do a video on my my Vim binding setups for PHP Storm. But but yeah, just give it a try. All right, one day. Uh, so let's talk about PHP Architect 
the company slash magazine. We, you know, we, we put on tech last month and we fell way behind on magazine production. I mean, it's, we apologize. Yeah. It's embarrassing. We apologize. Uh, we rely on content from our columnists and then a lot of them were at tech and preparing for tech because a lot of them gave presentations, uh, not to make excuses. It's just reality. That's what happened. We fell behind. I didn't get some information to our editor in time for them to continue working while we were at tech. So we fell even further behind and we got the magazine out on the last day of the month with Alex. Last hour of the month. <laughs> Pretty much. Last hour of the month. With hours to spare on the West Coast, we were late on the East Coast. Uh, with that said, we apologize for that. We're, we're working to make it better. We are in the process of working on June at, while we're recording this on June 6th. Uh, hoping to get that out, turned around quickly. Uh, with that said, there was another mistake made by me. You know, this is, I feel like this is a confessional of John. <laughs> this episode. Uh, if you were supposed to get a print issue, a print edition of the oh right. April article of the April issue, you probably haven't gotten it. I'm going to send it out with the May issue, um, so you'll you'll end up getting two at the same time. Uh, I submitted after we released the May issue on the last day of the month. We then have to turn around and give it to the, our printer. We are waiting for their final approval before they will print it. Um, long story short, when you when we send it to our printer, everybody gets an basically an ID, and it's currently in the form of year, month, and then a unique identifier. So, twenty twenty three, and for May it should have been oh five. Uh, when we went to do the March print, I guess we sent the print out in the first couple days of April and we didn't code that with the issue year and month. It was coded with when it was actually run. So because I ran it in April, everyone got an April ID. Well, when a, a few weeks later, when I went to actually do the April release, we used the same ID and the printer is like, ah, that ID already exists. We're not giving it to you, but I didn't know that. To confuse things even a little bit further from, from our perspective is uh, if you attended PHP Tech, you got a free physical copy of the April magazine. So we had ordered a box of like 200 copies of the April magazine, and we knew they had gotten delivered to uh, the location. So when John and I kept talking, because we started getting these messages uh, about people not receiving their April edition and John and I were talking about it. It's like, well, we know they sent them out because we got, we've got the ones for the conference, but we hadn't gotten our personal ones yet. So we realized that there was something going on, um, but we weren't overly concerned about it. So yeah, that was, that was the fix there. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, you'll get, it. you'll get it. You'll get it. Just unfortunately very late and yeah. we'll figure we'll make the correction moving forward promise and I, I think we've talked about this in the past uh we we uh have a lot of new uh subscribers so if uh 
if you're a new subscriber to PHP Architect, uh, welcome. We hope you enjoy enjoy your year subscription of PHP Architect, and thanks for attending PHP Tech. Um, but uh, just so everybody's aware of what that release flow looks like, uh, we try to get the digital version out as soon as we can. Um, there's a lot of factors that you know contribute to that. We have multiple contributors. We got to get all the articles together. We got to do the layout, but we do honestly try to get that out as quickly as possible. Once the digital version is released, you should see it in, in your account. And we will send out an email typically a few days later, if not the next day that it's been released, we will leave that out there for a while, a couple days, uh, maybe a week, depending on the amount of feedback we get where people are like, hey, you know, there's there's an issue with this article because the digital copy, we can correct and fix your digital version in your account. But we can't do it after we send it to the printer. So we we hold off for a little while and then we send it to the printer. Then that that's a whole process in the months itself. Uh, there's a back and forth with the printer. Like John said, we, we have to get final approval and everything. And then we print and mail. I explain this because there's often a lot of confusion when a person who's expecting a print copy of the magazine gets into the next month and they hadn't received the previous month. Uh, first off, you won't receive the print copy of the month you subscribe. So if you were to su subscribe today, you would not be receiving the print copy of, well, actually you might actually do this. It's a timing thing. Yeah. But, um, but uh, if, if the print, if the print, if it's already been sent to the printer, then you won't receive that month's print copy. But just in general, it takes a little longer to get. But it also doesn't. It doesn't come out of your allocation. You'll you sign up for twelve. You'll still get twelve. You're not Correct. missing out. We'll say it that way. And in general, if you don't subscribe to the magazine and you happen to be watching the podcast, you really, really should consider doing that. Um, not only do you get great content month over month from our normal contributors, our normal columnists, but uh, guest feature contributors as well. And not only do you get it month over month moving forward, but you get our whole back catalog of magazines from when we started publishing. So literally decade, a decade of PHP architect will be available at your fingertip in your account when you sign two, up. Two decades, because we're on volume 22. Two decades. Two decades. <laughs> um, let's talk about this uh, maze release that we just got out there. We'll talk a little bit about that before we wrap up. Let's do it. Uh, we, we titled it HTTP Burritos. Uh, <laughs> we have a feature article from Tim Lytle on HTTP Tortilla, which is an open source library that him and uh, his team released and use on a daily basis. And he just wanted to share, you know, how he uses it, why, why it was created. Uh, and that's a great read. And he liked our cover so much that he decided he wanted to take our cover, make it his logo. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and then we have life after Gim, which is a um, article by a student who was talking about going through GIM, which is a a course at a university, right? Right. And it's, it's a program programming um, uh, gaming uh, course, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So just an interesting take from a student. And then one of my, one of my, uh, favorite columns is security corner. I learn something all the time in there. Uh, Eric man has tabletop planning for disaster. And I actually got to go through this exercise recently because one of our clients had was going through SOC 2 compliance. And part of that is you need to be doing these uh, tabletops. And it's, it's an interesting exercise and something we should probably do way more often is actually sit down and think through some sort of disaster, whether it is what happens if your database is gone like just something happens your server is no longer how long does it take you to recover from your backups or can you bring a replica up as your primary database like what are what are your steps and are they documented and having somebody kind of create these scenarios for you and just role play basically through that scenario and how would you how long is it going to take you to recover from a disaster Mm mm-hmm and it's not necessarily just about ops, right? It's a great tool for ops in general because those things can go down pretty quickly or not pretty quickly. They they can have troubles where the server's gone. But it's also good for software developers in the sense that what happens if you find a SQL injection point in your code? How long does it take you to recover from that? Can you recover? Can you stop it from happening? So... I thought it was a great article. Yep, very good. Hey, we had a couple of, we had an article on AI. AI is starting to slip into the magazine a little more here and there. Um, finally, actually also touched on kind of the concept of AI and the impact to our industry. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, if you are interested, and again, if you don't currently subscribe to the magazine, our free article of the month was our Artisan Way ADR versus MVC, which I found very good, uh, very enlightening from Matt Lance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I know I've touched on this before. The team at one of our clients that I'm on uses the magazine as book club. So twice a month, an article is chosen out of the magazine to spark conversation. It's not necessarily you know, deep dive into the article itself. Uh, it's read the article and let's have a conversation around that topic, uh, mm-hmm. around the article itself, you know, information in it, but then how do you apply it to our project? And this week we use the DD, the alley column first, make it easy. And it's a great look into refactoring a legacy application to make it somewhat more modern without a complete refactor. How do you isolate code in a class that is a thousand plus lines long with, you know, 20 plus functions or methods in it to make it where you can isolate the code and make changes and have a reasonable assurance that you're not breaking anything. And I like his approach of, you know, he talks about a couple of different viewpoints, but then your manager says, do it quickly. (laughs) I need this done tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, it's a great read again. Uh, I work in a legacy application. I've got classes, one specifically that we talked about this week that is 2,300 lines long with like 50 some methods in it. It's just (laughs) massive. And it's one of those things that we know needs to be cleaned up for us to move away from a library that we don't want to use anymore. So 
highly recommend using the magazine for that purpose. You know, take an hour out of your week, talk to management about, you know, we can't just code straight, you know, 40 hours a week. Take some time to talk about things, make yourselves better. And continuing education is so important. Conferences, magazine, uh, you know, just having something to spark conversation on your team, I think is fantastic. And it's worked wonders for us. And if your company does want to do a team subscription, uh, reach out to John and I uh, directly. Uh, we do have some discounts we can give you for that. Mm-hmm. That's we do. All right. How do you feel that is? That Sounds one. good, man. Yeah, I think we should wrap up there. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to I, I don't know how I'm going to focus on coding for the next year because I'm so excited about 2024 now. But looking forward it, to that. It happens. I get it. All right. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Until next time, keep listening. Keep reading. Nope, keep coding. Keep coding. <laughs> keep coding. Now, and keep reading. <laughs> You want to try that again? No. And PHP Podcast, the official podcast of PHP Architect, the industry's leading tech magazine and publisher focused on PHP and web development. Subscribe today at phparch.com to see what the leaders in the community and industry are talking about.